I was just done. Like, I literally was just done. I was like, it's like, I said, if I don't, and people around me were going to jail, people around me were going, like, people I knew were dying. And I was just like, yo, life was literally like going like this on me, right, in Philadelphia. Hi, this is Shlomo Sosin, the host of the Teenage Impact Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies on how you, as a teenage kid, can overcome struggles in life. I recently released the Teenage Impact website. Go ahead, check it out, www.teenageimpact.com. I've compiled a list, a 20-page free ebook, which it takes 30 minutes to read. It's called The 52 Tips I Wish Someone Told Me in High School. Even if you implement one tip a month, it can absolutely change your life and the situation you are in. If you know someone, a friend, a classmate, a family member who's in this funk, can't seem to get out of it, share the Teenage Impact Podcast with them because it's the best podcast for any teenage kid to listen to who's in this funk because I interview over 30 people who are making a difference in this world and we talk about some of the struggles they've went through as a teenage kid and how you can too. Today's podcast guest is G. Bryant. I've, Jay and I have been communicating back and forth, trying to get him as a guest, but G is a successful business serial entrepreneur. He's the founder of G Code Society, which is an education platform for entrepreneurs. He is the founder of X28, which is an online workout program. He's the founder of Plant Based Kitchen, which is a vegan food truck and also vegan based products. And finally, he's the founder of The Loft, which is a gym. He hasn't always been the successful serial entrepreneur. He was born and raised in Philadelphia and experienced a lot of trouble in his youth. His family wasn't functional growing up. He experienced and witnessed a lot of abuse. He didn't have a great relationship with his father. So what did he do? He turned to the streets. He started taking a lot of drugs and even selling a lot of drugs. He started partying, drinking a lot of alcohol, got into a lot of trouble with the law, experienced people around him going to jail and getting shot. He said, enough is enough. What did he do? He drove to Atlanta with no plan to become a successful entrepreneur. At first, he started becoming a fitness instructor and had only one person's class. Time after time, his classes grew. He became a successful fitness instructor before everything was stripped away from him. And then eventually he picked right back up, moved back to Atlanta after his depression and became a successful entrepreneur. That came with a decision. Give that for G. Bryant as he's going to talk about his story with dealing drugs and being on the streets to now a successful serial entrepreneur. If he can do it, so can you. Give it up for G. Bryant. Gee, man, it's been a long time coming. You know, I, I know you're pretty busy. You know, you have multiple businesses. You have a gym. You have a gym workout plan. You have uh, v- vegan products you're selling. You have all these different types of businesses, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this interview. You have all these different types of businesses, but you aren't always this driven. You aren't always this businessman that you are today. Um, tell us a little bit about your youth and some of your youth challenges. Yeah, growing up, uh, my my youth was pretty, uh, I would say, it's a little bit more advanced. Um, I didn't really do, I had childhood, but I had to learn quickly how to survive as a, uh, you know, during my youth, just because of my circumstances. You know, I I pretty much just learned 
you know, whatever was available to me. Because uh, being a child, you're very impressionable. So um, growing up, you know, not really having a mentor or a role model was one of my biggest challenges. And it put me in different positions um, that I just had to learn from, you know, and I would attribute, you know, my learning process uh, to some of my success these days because I, I always figure it out, you know. So, you know, when I was growing up, I did everything. I, I, I played basketball. I, 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 you know, even on the one from a working side, I always had an entrepreneur mindset. So I was shoveling snow, I was raking leaves. Um, but I was always looking for ways to make money just because at one point I started to realize that my family didn't have the money that other families had. And when you realize that, you're like, oh, shit, how do I get it, you know? So when I would see kids have the newest sneakers on and I couldn't get them, I was like, well, what is the, what is the common denominator that I'm missing that does not allow me to get these sneakers? It was money, you know? So growing up, I just started getting to a point where I had to learn how to take care of myself very early. Yeah, that's very true. You know, I've, I wasn't brought up in a um, rich household either. So I used to see different kids getting these new clothes while I was getting hand-me-downs because I was the youngest. You always mentioned that you didn't have uh, a role model in your life. What was your family dynamic like at home? Yes, my family dynamic, um, I grew up, my mother and my father were in the household. Uh, my father, not so much, just in terms of being out a lot. Um, sometimes not home, but me and him never really had a relationship. So um, my family dynamic was a little dysfunctional, to um, say the least, a lot of arguments, a lot of just stuff that I thought became normal to me. Uh, Chaos in the family household actually became normal to me to the point where that's just what you expected on a day-to-day basis, not knowing what it was doing to you, you know, as a child, some of the impressions that were left on me, I still actually just started working through this year, you know, like literally intentionally working on had two sisters as well and our me and my sisters we were pretty close because it was kind of like we had to band together based on all the chaos that was going on just to survive so we became very close um as a kind of as a unit but we also had our our fights and our and our, and our troubles as troubles as well but um i would say you know a lot of the things that happened in my household you know they made me who i am today but i know there are a lot of i'm like a, what you would call like a success story from my upbringing but I know there are a lot of people that fall by the wayside that don't make it based on upbringing, um, environment, um, childhood trauma. They just they just can't mentally get there and they get stuck, you know. And I was in very dark places and multiple times in my life where it could have been over for me. But, you know, just I think God had a bigger purpose for me and a lot of things I was brought out of to be, you know, who I am today. You mentioned that you experienced abuse or witness abuse in your household or from other families, what tips would you have for young men or women who are experiencing the same thing? That's a hard question because when you are a child or you're a teenager and a a figure of authority, you, you don't know why things are happening to you. It throws you through a loop. Like you don't know what's going on. Like I'll be honest, there were times where I would leave the house, I would hide in the house, just so I didn't want people to know I was home. I didn't want a certain person to know I was home, or if I knew they were coming, I would leave. And as a child, you start to think that's the correct way to live. And I would say, you know, you know, advice for a teenager. It's hard to say advice, man, because when you're young, it's just like I can give you advice from an adult's perspective. Uh-huh you're actually living it because I lived in that type of uh, environment. I didn't have any advice. I didn't really know what to do. But one thing I did 
um, always, you know, realizes that, you know, I had to start taking care of me. You know, I realized very early as a, as a, as a young man that I was not going to get what I was looking for. I was actually getting the opposite of what I was looking for. You're looking for love, but you're getting the reciprocal. You know, so as a teenager, I, I would tell my old self, my younger self, is just love yourself and, and be strong. You know, you have to be very strong. Read books and, and don't, don't be susceptible. The one person that you, you know, the things that you think aren't going your way, sometimes there's a reason for them and it's making you stronger for the future. You know, you don't have to be so um, harped in on the present moment and think that you can't take it anymore. Like you still are strong. Um, there's still a future for you. You just got to be a little, you just got to grow up a little faster. You just got to become an adult a little quicker, you know? Mm -hmm. And then because of what you were going through, you started being on the streets, selling, taking drugs, um, drinking alcohol, doing these parties. What got you to the point where you said, you know what? I'm tired of this lifestyle and I need to get out. I think first it was physically. You know, when you put your body through so many things, I mean, if you're drinking on a daily, and I didn't just, like, take a sip. Like, I was drinking every day, the whole bottle. I, I don't even think people that my family even knew how much I was drinking. Um, it was getting to the point where a couple times I got so drunk I couldn't see. I was in certain situations where my life was spirit. Um, and I just started looking, and I, I kept having breakdowns where, I would have these quick rushes, the dopamine, dopamine rushes from, you know, from any drug or any alcohol or anything that I did to get a quick fulfillment. And then the crash, the crash just started becoming worse and worse and worse. Like one night, I, you know, I had the time of my life and I wake up the next morning and every day I would get lower and lower and lower. To one point, I was just like, it got to be more in life than this. You know what I'm saying? At what age was this? Around what age? It was a lot. It was 17, 18, 19, 20. It was, wow. it was a lot of years, man. <laughs> For a lot of years. And even when I got to Atlanta, I wasn't straight and narrow when I first moved here. Like, I was still repeating those cycles. Like, I was trying to get out, but I was still – even when I was reading books, I was still playing both sides of the field, man, to the point where I just – you know, I, had, I, I don't drink at all now. You know, maybe, maybe once every six or seven months, maybe at a social event or something like that, but – it was a long time, bro. Like, it took me a while to overcome a lot of those demons and things that were in place into me because I was battling. I was just layering things up and just suppressing more. And then this happened. Like, I've been through a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So a lot of years. It wasn't just like one year or two years. It was a lot of years. Did anyone ever try to get you out? Or did you ever try to get out and it was like a failed attempt? No, I I, I got myself out. Like, no, no one, no one... A lot, so I'm very all through all this. I'm very smart. I'm always mm -hmm. been like a highly intuitive, intellectual person. So I could literally, you you wouldn't know a thing was going on with me unless I told you. Sometimes gotcha. I could be living this whole lifestyle unless you were like super smart. You can like I was very the same way I do business right now. I'm very meticulous. I'm very mm -hmm. um, guarded. That's the same way I was in life. So I don't know if anyone knew what I was going through at the time, but no one no. Uh, nobody came to save me. I had to save myself. You I saved read my, yourself. Read my okay. first book at age 23. That was the first book I ever read in my life called The Power of Now. And that book let me see that there was more to, to life. Like there was an alternate, you know, um, resonance of vibrations and frequencies and things I didn't even understand. And I was like, wow. So that was kind of one of the sparks that kind of started my change. I started changing at age 23. Okay. 
And what lessons have you learned along this journey? From your old habits to your uh, positive habits? Yeah, so um, at any given, first of all, any given moment, you know, you can decide to change, like any given moment. But even with the decision comes necessary work. So the same way that you were consistent with your old habits, you have to be consistent with your new habits because you won't receive any new blessings with old order. And the other thing I realized is don't try to, change everything so fast because once you try to do that, your habits will work against you and you'll start to revert back to the thing you were trying to get away from. So I used to just try to, and, and it'll stress you out too. Like at one point I tried to change and become squeaky clean and you can literally feel it in your body. Your body's resisting. And then you'll just be like, you know what, forget all this. And then one day you just go back and you'll relapse, you know, to the things you don't want to be. So, um, and also be forgiven of yourself. You know, we all human, we're all, you know, we're multidimensional beings, but we all are all having a human experience. And our human experience does warn us to make mistakes and um, have challenges and tribulations and everybody experiences the same. So one of the biggest things I learned was like, I'm human, you know, and I'm having an experience and I've done some things and I have to forgive myself first if I'm ever going to get to the next level. So I used to then forgive myself. I used to be guilty. Like, man, you bad guy. You know, people knew who you were and all like that. You shouldn't be getting this crazy and this admiration. You shouldn't be starting these businesses. But you know, once you forgive yourself, understand that you are a human and you are having a human experience and it's never too late to be who you're supposed to be. That's when things can change for you. Uh-huh. And why Atlanta out of all places? You grew up in Philadelphia. Why did you choose Atlanta? I had never been to Atlanta when I moved there. Um, <laughs> never knew nothing about Atlanta. What happened was one of my friends, he said he was moving down there from Philly. He was going to do music. Um, he said, you should just move down there. I said, at this point, I had just got out of a situation where my life could have been taken, right? It was a deal that went bad and there's a lot going on, guns involved, you know, and at that point I was already looking for something. Like I was just done. Like I literally was just done. And I was like, it's like, I said, if I don't, and people around me were going to jail, people around me were going, like people I knew were dying. And I was just like, yo, life was literally like going like this on right in Philadelphia and I was just like and a lot of people don't know this stuff you know some people like I told you I was very good at keeping things straight and narrow and doing business with who I do business with I wasn't really a talker you know and when life was closing in on me I was just like I don't know and one day I was in the pouring rain man and the rain was pouring I just got out my car and I just looked up in the sky and I was just like I was like I surrender yo like I don't like I don't want I don't know what to do I didn't know what to do and mm-hmm. then uh, my boy and it's funny because my boy called me a couple weeks I'm moving to Atlanta I said, man, you know what? I think I'm gonna move to Atlanta too. And I, you know, I just packed my stuff up two weeks later in a car and just drove down there. Did you tell your family or no, or you told no one? Told my mom, and she told everybody else. I just told her I was going, and she's like, "You serious? Like, yeah, I'm leaving in two weeks." She's like, "For real?" Like, my mom support anything that I did. That's the uh-huh. she was my supporter. Anything I could told her, I'm about to jump off a building. She said, "You got a parachute?" Like, that's the type. <laughs> So that's how my mom is. She's always supported anything that I've done. Um, so I just told her I was going to go, and then I bounced, man. I had no, I had no idea what I was going to do down here. Uh-huh. I just came with my car and my clothes. You know, sometimes you have to take yourself out the current situation you're in right. because we, we're around in this negative environment. And if we're trying to build something positive with our life, right. the, the best advice we can give anyone, whether it's teens or adults, Surround yourself with the right people. If you're surrounding yourself with people who don't have a vision like you, you can actually 
hurt yourself and hurt your goals and hurt your dreams in the long run. There's other people that probably want to get out of the situation, drugs, alcohol, get in trouble with the cops. How can they get out? People, like I said, the first thing is your, your environment. You know, wherever you put your energy, that's what's going to grow. You know, so um, you got to start looking at the people around you and you got to see what are they doing because you're going to be, a, you know, the people you hold around you are a reflection of who you are. You know, your internal world also is a reflection of your external world. So whatever you got going on inside, and if it feels like it's all over the place, you got to look at your external world and see what's going on out there too. So I had to, my main, I had to be very cutthroat with a lot of the friends that I had and just say, I can't do this anymore. You know, um, your friends have your biggest, have the biggest influence on you. Your environment has the biggest influence on you. So I would go back to Philly. When I couldn't, when I wasn't, when I didn't move to Atlanta and I started, when I was reading stuff, I couldn't physically change my environment, but sometimes you can mentally change your environment first. You know, so I started to look up YouTube and look up motivational speaking. And when you can start to think differently, you know, your physical environment doesn't have to change first, but the law of attraction and the law of auto-suggestion will start to work in your favor, which the things that you are internalizing now can start to become your external world. And that's what I believe can happen for people. So um, first thing I would say, look at your environment. You can't change it physically, change it mentally. Look at the people you have around you. And if they don't have their vested interest in you becoming the best version of yourself, and that means personal development and growth in all areas of your life, then you have to start changing those people around you as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just takes going in your car and just driving to a new place. Yeah, you, just, you just bounce. And mm-hmm. what was your plans? What did you start doing as soon as you got to Atlanta? <laughs> when I first started, when I first got to Atlanta, I just, uh, I'll tell you a story. I got there, I had my clothes in my car, right? I put up to this gas station and I got to Atlanta. And it was a guy, one of my friends from a long time ago in Philly that I hadn't seen in a while. He was at the gas station. <laughs> Randomly, right? They even, he's like, he was like, gee, I was like, it was good. So I was semi, didn't want him to know that I was, didn't have a place to stay kind of. And I just had my clothes in my car. He's like, what you doing? I said, yeah, I'm out here now, you know, just chilling. He was like, all right, man. Good. So what you got going on down here? And I didn't, I was like, just, just getting acclimated. You know what I'm saying? He's like, all right. He was like, well, listen, G, I'm gonna tell you one thing. I said, what's up? He said, if you work it right, he said, Atlanta is the land of the milk and the honey. He said, I'll never forget that. And I never forgot that when he told me that. I just always had that in my hand. He said, I said, Atlanta is the land of the milk and the honey. That means I could be, I could be successful out here, you know? And when I first got to Atlanta, I, I didn't have a plan. Um, I was just, and then my boy finally came down. So I was, chilling my boy came down I started he his producer set him up with an apartment finally they let me stay in the, in the apartment but at this point I still didn't really have money I would go sometimes out sleep outside of hotels to get food um, like I would sleep outside the hotel and wake up and go get continental breakfast like I had been there just to save money and uh, you know and, and things that interest. so I was just just getting my mind because I was just being by myself for about a few months you know didn't really have much didn't have nothing going on and then I realized, you know, that I wanted to work or do something. And I would, because the first part was just like detoxing. I mean, Atlanta was something special to me. I mean, I saw things, I saw open roads, I saw stuff I never saw in Philly. My perspective got widening, like what was possible. I saw people of my color driving nice cars I didn't see in Philadelphia. I was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. I, mean, I, I was like, I don't want to work for anyone. I'm kind of athletic. I'm a personal train. <laughs> That's what I said. I was literally, that was my rationale for personal training. I said, I'm athletic. I don't want to work for anyone. 
I don't think I have the best, you know, record and skills to get a big job. I don't go to corporate. I got, I didn't have it. So I literally Googled personal trainer certification or how to become a personal trainer. Um, the certification called NASM, N-A-S-M, came up as the first result on Google. Now, NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine, is the hardest personal trainer certification to get. I didn't know that at the time. I uh, saw that there was a school in Georgia that you can go take this the, the course. I found out how to enroll myself in the course, and that's where it all started. And awesome. I just started going to that course five days a week, five hours a day. The toughest thing. I didn't – and then um, – I learned the craft of personal training, and that's where it all started. And then it all started with one person. You started training one person. Yeah, so what happened was now that I was a a personal, you know, I took the course and I had the information, you know, now I'm I'm a hustler by nature. So I was like, okay, I know how to get people. That's what I've been doing. (laughs) I know how to sell things. I know how to get people. So I knew that I had to start hustling. So I finally got one client. That was my first client. Um, and I started doing free boot camps in the area that I lived in. So I would go around the area with flyers. I would write them out, put them on the tree poles, tell people to come to the boot camp. And then my first boot camp, I only had one person. And I was like, wow. They started slowly but surely gaining traction. I would, you know, slowly but surely continue. People kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. And then from there, I started getting personal training clients, all out of that one part. And that's how my personal training career started. And then uh, you're still living in your friend's apartment or there were times where you were living in your car? Yeah, I was still, at, I mean, I lived in my car for a bit. So I had another, so I, it's crazy because I was living there. Then I had another period, you know, what, like I, I don't really speak about, where I built up my personal training clientele. This is before I opened my first gym. And then I lost all my money. I had moved out of there, moved into another space, lost all my money and went broke again. Right. Because I didn't have the personal development. I was still doing some of the things that I told you I, I, I was trying to get away from the uh, drinking and going out like it. You can't be an entrepreneur, try to build a business. I didn't do that. I was not personally developed enough to handle the success I had acquired. Yeah, I got back to not having anything. I was at zero. Um, so I took another um, couldn't pay my rent. And I was with someone I was living with, a, with one of my friends I had met down there and he was about to move. So back to the car. <laughs> and I had to make a decision on what I was going to do next. And this is when I went to a very dark place because coming from Philly, right? You know, and I was a star basketball player too, by the way, beyond all this. So first I thought I was going to go to the NBA. That didn't happen. Imagine playing something for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Then you start realizing it ain't going to happen, right? That's depression number one. Then I get out of Philly, go to Atlanta, build up a semi-successful training business, right? Move out. Then I'm not personally developed and handled enough. Boom, back to ground zero again, right? I'm like, I felt like the biggest thing. I thought I had actually made it. And then I was like, I didn't make it. And then I just hit boom again, and I had nothing again. And this is when it got dark. I got dark for like six months. I actually end up, you know, I can't stay in Atlanta anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have, I'm running, like I literally don't have anything. So I drove 14 hours back to Philly. Wow. You drove back to Philly, right? And I was just dark. And I went back into doing the things I used to do, you know, and I just was like, I don't know. And actually, I didn't do it. First off, I, first, 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 I didn't. I just got dark. I didn't do anything. I didn't eat. I didn't work out. I didn't do anything. And then I started, slowly but surely started to, like, get back into the, some of the old habits. And I had to fight through those again, right? One day, this is what changed my life. This changed my life. This moment changed my life. 
So I went back to my mom's house and I said, can I stay here for a minute? Um, she said, yeah. So I stayed, I, you know, I came in and she knew what was going on with me, right? She came upstairs when she's like, your dad wanted to talk to you. I was like, my dad wanted to talk to me. This was weird. That's <laughs> never has had, I've never heard those words, your dad wants to talk to you. So I was like, and at this point too, I was getting really, like I was in my head to the point, like sometimes I didn't even want to be here. I was just like, you know what? Like I was, it was getting to that point, right? And he's like, your dad want to talk to you. I was like, what do you want to talk about? Um, he came up and he was like, um, gee, he was like, some, some, you smart, intelligent man, you hardworking. He said, uh, you know, I just don't want you to end up like me. And I wow. was like, and at that moment, I was just like, everything just stopped. He was like kind of crying a little bit. And I was like, we, 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 it was dark, in a dark room. And I didn't say anything. Else. I, just, I, just, I just stood there. That night, I went and worked out for the first time in like six or seven months. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to Atlanta because I got some things to finish out there. And that, con- that one conversation, our only conversation that we really have had, sparked me to go to the gym, work out. And three months later, I moved back to Atlanta. And then I started my real journey to success that you see now. And that was three and a half years ago. Yeah. Is when you finally decided, you know what, enough is enough. Yeah. I'm going to go all in. Yep. You know, sometimes a lot of people are half in. You can't really be half in and become successful. You might get a little bit of success, but you have to make that decision. Tony Robbins always says, you know, you have to decide. And once you make that decision, then you all of a sudden become unstoppable. That's a fact. That's a fact. You can't be halfway in, halfway out. Mm-hmm. And just put your foot in the pool if you try and swim. And that goes for any teenager that wants to make something out of themselves, you know, whether you want to go to college, whether you want to go become a doctor, lawyer, entrepreneur, whatever you want to do in life, you know, the situations that you're in, you have to decide that you're going to be something and be somebody one day. And that's what's going to be the difference between you being there and you not being there. What, what are some of your businesses that you have right now? Yes. Yeah, so right now I own one of the country's most notable independent gyms, the Loft Athletic Club um, in Atlanta, uh, in Midtown. Also, I own X28 Fitness, which is an online fitness program. We're worldwide with that one. So it's an online fitness program and app that allows people to work out from the comfort of their home, meal guides, uh, community support, motivational tips. Um, so that's, that's one of my, that's one of my, one of my most notarized businesses. I also own a vegan food truck and online store because I'm vegan as well. I'm called Plant Based Kitchen. Uh, so we have one food truck right now. About to launch another food truck soon in Atlanta. We have a complete vegan store with um, vegan products infused with like CBD, and we have all types of um, treats and holistic healing products. And then I have a um, a personal development group I created called the G Code Society. Mm-hmm. Um, online. Uh, membership style uh, platform where people can get insight and teaching from me where I train them on mindset, health, and business. Those are my three pillars that I speak about. So when they log into their portal, they have different trainings that I do on mindset, health, and business. Community support group, I do live coaching uh, once a month with them. 
And that's the prerequisite to get into my online school called the G. Bryan Academy, which is basically everything that I've learned and been an expert in. I've put it in course format uh, from how to scale your social media account, um, how to turn your idea into income, a mindset course. Um, I've created courses for personal trainers, teaching them how to make six figures, courses for gym owners, how to launch an independent gym. So all those courses are found inside the G. Bryan Academy. Yeah, so those, those are my businesses. And anyone can take them, right? You don't have to be a certain age or... Uh, I always tell people, um, start out with the G-Code Society. It's any age, um, have some young entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs that want to be around a good environment and good people um, and get accountability partners. I always tell them, start out with the G-Code Society. Mm-hmm. And how do you balance your time with all these different types of businesses? Um, I have a good team. I have a good mm-hmm. team of people around me. I've had divine, that's been divinely um, designed in my life through the law of attraction. So I attract the people that are able to handle um, the things that I need them to handle. And me, I'm very, I'm very good with time, man. I'm very intentional. I tell people all the time, you don't have to, the biggest thing that keeps people from being successful is fragmented attention. You know, mm-hmm. you, if you can really focus, um, it doesn't take a lot of your time to you know, manage things. I say this is what I always I go back to the reference that school taught me. If school didn't teach me anything, it taught me one thing. It taught me two things actually. It taught me that the human mind capacity can be stretched very far when it has direction. Mm-hmm. Remember, you're in high school. You have seven classes. They don't have anything to do with each other. You have finals for each classes. You have books to read for each class. You see what I'm saying? And also, it teach me. It taught me what jail could be like too. You know. You're in a room for a long time and then you get a little break and you don't want to go to that part. So you want to uh-huh. see the first part. Seven classes, six classes, your mind is going through these different things. So I treat my businesses just like high school. I remember high school, I was like, you know, I used to do math, I used to do social studies, I used to do biology, and you think sometimes you go to piano and then you're on a basketball team. Like when you become an adult, people were like, I'm like, where did, where did that go? What, why did that <laughs> your mind you know what happened they got distracted by tv and vh1 and what trump is doing and you know what that's what happened so um go back to high school i say you know go back to high school if you want to start a business or or be an entrepreneur just think back to high school you can handle it you know i didn't i never thought about that because you know high school elementary school uh middle school we all stretch so thin we have so so much going on especially in high school if you have a part-time job you manage your family you manage your homework you manage all these extracurricular activities. And when we become an adult, we become spoiled. Yeah, we do. We, we just want to do one thing. And if we do more than one or two things, then we just get overwhelmed. Right. Well, I will say too, you know, when you do become an entrepreneur, that don't just start multiple businesses. I always focused on one at a time first uh-huh. to the point where now I have a formula on how I start my businesses and I only start specific types, you know, and I have a scaling formula and what I do. So like I always started with one, like I started with my gym, you know, don't go here and try to create seven streams of income off the break. You're going to have seven mediocre streams. You want to make sure you're good, good at one thing and become an expert in something. I would tell people that in high school, always learn a skill that you can apply to um, the marketplace and get paid for it. Mm-hmm. How can a high school student become an entrepreneur right now? Um, they can just decide to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like, you can literally, there are so many things that you could, it, it depends on how big of an entrepreneur you want to be, you know. Um, you can get the skill set. You can, you, you can sell anything. You know, everything's, in my opinion, everything's for sale. You know, you uh-huh. can go to eBay, buy some sneakers, 
and retell them, you know, uh, design them, whatever you're good at. Think about what you're good at and figure out if there's a market for you to make money in it. Uh-huh. That's true. Do you have any last tips for any 15, 16, 17-year-old high school student that wants to make it but not in the perfect environment, um, has a wrong influence with their life, not the best h- household um, relationships with their parents? What, do you, what can you tell those kids? What I would tell them, um, teenagers out there, 15, 16, 17 years old, is stay busy. You know, stay busy with the right things. Um, the easiest way for you to get off track is to get bored uh, with what your, what your lifestyle looks like right now. And the other thing I would say is, you know, just stand your ground. Um, even if you're in an environment that is not, I say, conducive for your growth, um, understand that one thing will always win, and that's love. Um, sometimes the people that are doing these things to us, they don't even know that what they're doing. And they're running on a program that's not even them. It's not their true essence. It's not themselves. So one of the biggest things that helped me was I just started to love regardless. And this happened around age 17. Um, Even when I was going through my traumatic um, experiences, you know, resisting what was going on, um, being mad and being angry just caused more friction within myself. And when you just, you know, think in love and even if someone emotionally abuses you, don't lash back, just move out of love and say this person for they don't know what they're even doing, you know, and, and, and it's going to help you um, understand life on a whole different level. Um, and what it also will do, it may cause even more disturbance from where it's coming from. But if you stand your ground and just move out of love, stay prayed up and understand that on the horizon, bigger and better things are always there for you. But in the present moment, when you move out of love, that it gets you there, that would be my best advice. Wow. That's, that's powerful, man. Just love, even even if people don't love you back, love them, you know, yeah. because when you love and forgiveness, I would say are the two biggest things because you take that burden off of your shoulder right. and give so much positive energy to everyone around you. Yep. Where can people find you, G? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm very heavy on Instagram, G Bryant, G-E-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T underscore. Um, you can find me on Facebook, G Bryant. YouTube, subscribe, G. Bryant. I have some videos out there. Um, or you can go to my website, gbryant.com, G-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. I appreciate this so much. I know you're pretty busy. And I just wanted to say to you that I appreciate you. And what you're doing is just you have came from nothing and you created something from yourself. Appreciate you, bro. And I appreciate you uh, reaching out and being persistent, getting me on here. Man, I'm persistent, man. I'm persistent. I I don't quit. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's the entrepreneurial spirit, man. So take that with you as well, bro. All right, man. G. Brian was an interesting interview. He was born and raised in Philadelphia and recently moved out of Philadelphia to go to Atlanta to have a brand new start. He was raised selling drugs and not in the right environment as far as his household and his friends, he didn't have the right influence in his life. Here are three takeaways I got away, I got from interviewing G. Bryant. First takeaway is you have to surround yourself with the right people. You can't go, you can't accomplish your goals and you can't strive to be great when you have other people that is trying to hold you back, that's doing drugs, that's doing alcohol, that's partying every single day, that's being negative. Sometimes it's best to cut them out of your life 
or minimize the time you spent with those people so you can go hang you can go pursue your goals. It's not selfish of you to do that. A lot of times people feel guilty, say, Oh, I'm gonna leave my homie behind. You're not actually leaving your homie behind. You're trying to grow as a person, and sometimes it's best to look after yourself. Key takeaway number two, you may not have control over your external environment, like your household. Maybe you are an abusive household. You can't escape from that because you're a kid. But what you can do is you do have control over your habits. You have a certain goal in mind and you are in a negative situation. What you can do for right now temporarily is start reading, is start watching YouTube videos, start Googling, pursuing what you want to pursue. So when the time is right, you can go all in. Key takeaway number three is you have to make a decision. What G did was he became successful. He had a great clientele and training and he lost it all because he didn't have the right mindset. He was still drinking. He was still sometimes had the negative mindset. He didn't have the personal development behind him. He lost it all, fell in a deep, dark depression, moved back home. And eventually when he moved back to Atlanta, he went all in and made a decision that he's going to do whatever it takes to become successful. Now, he doesn't drink. He might occasionally drink every four, five, six months, but rarely. He doesn't drink. He doesn't have all his negative habits because he knows that if he wants to have a certain level of success, he needs to decide right now who he needs to become. So that's my interview with G. Bryant. Hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, if you're tuning in for the first time on Apple Podcasts, go ahead, rate, review the Teenage Impact. I'm trying to impact as many people as possible by having those ratings by having those reviews i get ranked higher and i inspire more people until next time peace